Whether on the go or at the table, get lost in a conversation about everything coffee with your host, Eric Ortiz. Hey everyone, welcome to Everything Coffee, a podcast that delves into the relationship of coffee with a variety of people from manufacturers, cafe owners, coffee roasters, social media personalities, and so much more. This podcast takes on a deep conversation about everything coffee. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Dvorak, owner and head roaster of Rainbow City Coffee, located in beautiful Denver, Colorado. Founded in 2020 after being laid off during the pandemic, Andrew's philosophy in business and coffee is that coffee can be something that connects people from all walks of life together. Also featured on my very own video segment on Instagram and YouTube, Roaster Spotlight, we interviewed Andrew, picked his brain on coffee's meaning to him and his company. You can watch that episode and all the others on our Instagram and YouTube channels at Javas Jaxi, J-A-V-A-S-J-A-X-I-E. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andrew Dvorak. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Eric? I, I am I am fantastic. I'm I'm happy to have you on um again. Uh the first time we did this was when we did Roaster Spotlight. And I cannot remember yeah. when we did this. I, I think it was uh a year and a half, two years ago idea. now. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, but yeah. every time I have someone on again, and I had uh, a Jacob Limmer, uh, he's going to be a guest on the show. We've talked. Uh, I, I just had so much uh, good to, good things to say about certain people that came on the show, and, and everyone's fantastic, don't get me wrong, but there was a few that really stood out, and you were definitely one of them that really had a good conversation about coffee, understood it, had a great story behind it. So, um, I, I am genuinely interested in, in yourself, the company, uh, what you're trying to do. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Andrew. Yeah, no, I appreciate your kind words. Um, I as well enjoyed our conversation last time. Um, but yeah, I, like you said in the intro there, um, you know, I kind of fell into the world of coffee after I had gotten laid off from my marketing job that I had in 2020. Um, you know, it was a startup and, we all know what the pandemic did. So I eventually got laid off, but you know, my boss there, he was very like adamant and like, uh, inspiring and trying to push me to do something on my own. And I was always talking about him like, Oh, you know, me and my wife, we've always talked about owning a coffee shop or doing something with coffee because, you know, coffee is something that, when was the first time I started drinking? Probably like 14 years old. And I spent a lot of my youth in, this uh, cafe over uh, and where I grew up, I'm just sitting with my friends and stuff. So drink a ton of coffee in my life and I've always loved it. But, um, you know, after I got laid off, my boss kind of pushed me in this direction and I was fortunate enough to find another roaster here in Denver who just lets me rent time on his machines. And so I was able to learn from him. He's a great mentor to me. Um, his coffee is uh, his name of his brand is Moru coffee. So I would definitely check them out if you're ever in the Denver area, but um, yeah, they, they've been a great support through all of this. And, you know, we started with just roasting our beans and selling them online, uh, creating a little social presence around it and stuff. But we've recently uh, kind of expanded into the mobile side of things. And I built this little push cart um, and you can find us either popping up over at Sloan's Lake in Denver or we're doing different farmers markets throughout the summer as well. So, um, yeah, if you want to just, you know, keep an eye on our Instagram, uh, rainbow city coffee. Um, you can always find out where we'll be at on the weekends. 
that that is um i i find it so fascinating that you just changed on a whim what was your background in coffee uh before you 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 got laid off from that was it just completely new to you andrew or is it just the, the passion that came with it yeah, no. Um, I mean, I've never worked like in a coffee shop or in a roaster or anything like that before. Um, but I have worked in restaurants in high school. You know, I was a pizza cook. I was a, a server, things like that. But, um, you know, when I discovered specialty coffee, um, stopped drinking the burnt diner stuff from high school and found, I think it was probably Sweet Bloom um was one of the first specialty roasters um they're here in lakewood colorado and uh other places as well but i I tried their coffee once and realized wow there's so much more to this beverage than you know i'm used to and it just opened up my eyes and i started to experience this whole other side of coffee that i didn't know existed at the time and um i really enjoyed it um like i said you know i've loved i loved the terrible coffee that I was drinking before. And I just especially fell in love with good coffee then. Um, and so just kind of picked it up as a hobby. And then after, you know, the unfortunate event of being laid off, it was kind of like, this is, you know, something I feel passionate about and I feel like I can, you know, maybe make a life out of. How much of a challenge was that for you? I, I mean, I, I can imagine going from where you were at before and all of a sudden I, I now roast coffee. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm in the coffee business. What, what kind of challenges did you have to overcome? Like, what did you have to learn in order to be someone that wasn't just like, okay, I, I can do this for maybe a few months before I really just don't know what I'm doing. Or did it just, is it something that you just caught on to and you just understood right away? Yeah, no. Um, that's a great question. You know, I think the hardest part of it all was overcoming the imposter syndrome things of it. Like I said, I never worked in coffee before. So there was a lot of that, like, I guess, um, what do I want to say, uh, just self-consciousness behind it. Like, um, there can be that, like a little bit of pretentiousness and highbrow to certain specialty coffee, like cafes and brands. Um, you know, it's a lot like wine, right. Where it feels like this exclusive club and you really need to know what you are talking about to like yeah. be accepted. Right. But, Definitely. um, you know, at the end of the day, it's coffee and it's a simple product that can connect all people. I, I bet you, you can name 50 people right now or find 50% of the people in your phone book right now. And they'll all go get a coffee with you if you ask. But, um, you know, that's kind of the approach as well. We want to take with rainbow city is, you know, we don't want to give off that like pretentious, arrogant type of like, if you've ever walked into one of those cafes and their menu is like super minimal and the staff are like super like off-putting a little bit or standoffish, I mean, and it's almost like if you don't know what you want, like get out type of feeling in there. Um, we want to be that, that brand that is kind of that stepping stone for people who they know they like something better than the grocery store coffee that they're used to, but they don't feel comfortable yet going into one of those cafes. And we want to help educate them and show them that, coffee is this beautiful, beautiful crop that like can can grow all across the world and create all these crazy different flavors and, you know, connect people. So I, I am totally with that. I, I understand it and, uh, I I can appreciate that. Um, what, what wave of coffee are we on now? Is it, are we still on the third wave of coffee? (laughs) Because talking to, yeah, talking to roasters, I, I think it, I guess it just depends, right? Because there's an elite side of coffee, which, 
is is absolutely amazing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, just just the varietals and the roast and the specialties out there. But then there's there's places like yours where where we have the philosophy of, you know, we're not trying to be frou frou. We're not trying to be elitist. It's we want everyone to come in to, to kind of enjoy this. Is is this something that's just the trend now, or is this something that should have been been playing off all along, but not every shop around the world's doing it? Yeah, no, I think it's always been there to a degree. Um, certain people forget it, I think, at times, and everyone needs a little reminder that, you know, coffee and coffee shops are these places of people coming together, right? Um, you know, they're, if you look far enough back into the history of coffee, um, I forget what country it was. It was somewhere in the Middle East um, during like the Middle Ages or something. The king or ruler of whatever country this was actually outlawed coffee because people would gather in coffee shops and get hyped up on caffeine and start talking about revolution. Um, and so they saw that as a threat. And, you know, that's always been there, right? This community of coffee and the connecting of ideas and people. Um, and it's something that, you know, I'm glad is kind of at the forefront of things now. And it just kind of makes it more inviting and more fun, if you ask me. Absolutely. And you're you're in a unique situation where you're not in a brick and mortar. You actually, I mean, the only brick and mortar I guess you have is just the the being able to have the cart, be able to kind of mm-hmm. move around. But how different is that for you? You work farmer's markets, you're working the cart, the pop-up. How how is that helping and how does that kind of like hurt you at the same time? Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps in the way that, you know, farmers markets bring a wide variety of people from the immediate community. Um, as well as, you know, when you're part of a market, there's other vendors who sell other things that can be either related and pair well with coffee or maybe they're completely different. And so you can make all kinds of connections. Um both professionally and personally. And there's a lot of people who come up to our carts and they see our labels and they're not used to seeing like flavor notes or they're not used to seeing the country that the king, the coffees came from um, and things like that. So that's, that sparks that conversation with them and it can become that education piece, like I mentioned. And the part that, you know, is missing and I wish I could fulfill of that mission if, without a, actual brick and mortar cafe is just the actual bringing together people and like sitting down to drink a cup of coffee and just hang out for, you know, an hour or two, um, you know, have those conversations about revolution. Like I just mentioned. So, well, let's not say revolution too loud right now. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we live in progressive cities, but, uh, uh, let's not say that too loud here. Um, I, I, I've always enjoyed the fact of, of the name of the, the, the coffee, I, I know that's something we talked about, Rainbow City. We talked about the Denver Nuggets and, and the original jerseys when they had the rainbow on them. And I really do enjoy uh, watching your, your coffee roast the names. Uh, right now it, on your shop, you have Uptown, Low High, um, Five Points, Washington Park, Union Station. Tell me a little bit about behind your naming process when it comes down to honoring Denver. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, our... Our name kind of comes from, like you said, the Nuggets jerseys a little bit, but also, you know, we were seeing some rainbows over the city when the summer, when we get these rain that moves from west to east. And, um, but as well as the idea of, you know, 
rainbow brings all the colors together. Coffee brings people together. Cities bring people together of all walks of life. Um, and you know, Denver is an interesting, neat little cowboy pioneer town. Um, little odd, quirky things around town, and um, you know, just love it and want to kind of like highlight certain things. Um, most of the time, our process though for coming up with new names though is just. First off, does it sound like something that wouldn't um, deter you? Like, does that sound, does it something that doesn't sound disgusting in your mouth? <laughs> um, for example, there's a park here, a big park here in Denver that I've always wanted to use for a name of a roast, but um, when you hear it, you're just like, ooh, that doesn't sound good. Um, it's called Cheeseman Park. Yeah, um, yeah, that, after... that's not going to sell, Andrew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no one wants like to think of cheese when looking at coffee. Right. Um, so we, we, we try to pick the big, like, um, kind of landmarks around town. Like union station is obviously one of the bigger landmarks in town, uh, low high five points, wash park. Those are all different neighborhoods. Um, some of the bigger ones, some of the more historical ones. And then, um, one of my favorite ones or two of my favorite ones actually that we've used as names is, um, we had this great Ethiopian, uh, naturally processed coffee that was super pungent with the smell and taste of blueberry. And um, if you've ever been to Denver's uh, downtown convention center, there is a big statue of a bear outside that's like looking inside through the windows and it's a blue color. Um, so we had named that coffee blue bear um, for that statue. And then one of my other favorite ones was we had this, um, Guatemalan coffee that we had named uh, Little Raven. And Little Raven, there's a street in Little Raven, but it's actually, the street is named after a uh, South Arapaho chief who lived at the confluence of the Platte River and the Cherry Creek here in downtown Denver. And um, he was a really instrumental part in like uh, brokering some peace between different tribes in the area that were fighting at the time, as well as he was like a kind of a mentor and like survival expert for the white settlers that had just arrived in town. So um, trying to honor not only places, but people in the history as well in the town. So I love that. I I really do. I uh, background on me. I I have a degree in history. So for me, I'm just like, Oh Oh, man, I I love this. I uh, absolutely adore hearing um, the honoring of the city, the, the history, the background, uh, the culture, it, it means a lot to me to, to be able to kind of see that and, and kind of uh, be part of that with you in terms of uh, just supporting you. Now, Andrew, you, you chose a heck of a time. I mean, I guess the time chose you, I guess, we can say. But you started during the pandemic, and while everyone else was um, in business, brick and mortar, struggling to, to kind of maintain employees and social distancing, how did that play for you? Yeah, um, I think it worked in our favor a little bit because we didn't jump straight into the brick and mortar um, and all those challenges that came, especially during the pandemic. Um, you know, we started as e-com only, um, you know, my background's in marketing. So felt fairly confident in my ability to create a brand and create a website and kind of start there, um, keep o- overhead super low and, you know, just kind of start to build from there and continue to ideate and let things snowball. Um, you know, they always say like the only, the only good time to do anything new is today. And the second best time was yesterday. Um, so 
you know, no matter what's going on in the world, you just got to give it a shot, right? Like there's no guarantee of tomorrow. So why not today? Absolutely. And being that you're in such a unique spot of not having that brick and mortar, what are the, uh, what's the biggest challenge for you? Is, is it the, the sourcing of, of the beans or is it just, just having a small staff? Is it, who is it just yourself, your wife? Yeah. Right now it's just me and my wife doing everything. Um, and the biggest challenge to it really is just the consistency. I think, um, you know, e-com isn't always as predictable as you would think maybe. Um, and then farmer's markets as well. Uh, you might think that that's, you know, oh, today's weather is looking great. It's, you know, going to be a great day. And then you end up making half of what you thought you would. Whereas like today, for an example, today was Father's Day. The weather wasn't looking too good. It was supposed to rain. And we were like, oh, yeah, how many dads want to go to a farmer's market on Father's Day? And it ended up being a pretty decent day, actually. Um, whereas last week was, yeah, it was one of those beautiful, sunny Denver days and um, didn't do too hot. So um, it can be hit or miss. Um, whereas I feel like with a, an actual cafe, you can tend to get those regulars who will come in on a regular basis, I call regulars, of course, <laughs> but, um, not, not only that, but you know, you can plan events and other things like that and kind of, you know, put some predictability into your routine and everything in, in your business. I can imagine one of the most challenging things you ever did kind of starting up the business is, um, wanting to get into the roasting itself and doing it yourself. How, how challenging was that for you? Um, I, I know you had your mentor, but, how how much of a learning curve was that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had uh, luckily been doing a ton of research before I even discovered his, like, facilities. Um, I found this YouTube series um, from Mill City Roasters. Um, they produce uh, and manufacture roasting machines, and uh, they're based in Minneapolis, but they have this great intro to roasting course that's like hours and hours and hours long on YouTube and they take you through the fundamentals and the chemistry and just like every single aspect that goes into roasting and I mean the chemistry behind it is absolutely fascinating and you could fall down that rabbit hole for ages I feel like you can make a whole profession just out of that um, but you know I luckily came in with a bit of a foundation at least in theory um, and then once he got me on the machine and showed me how to use it, it kind of all started to click a little bit. Um, but then of course there's always, you know, anomalies and other like weird situations, like any amount of training can't prepare you for. And, um, you know, there was a, a bit of a learning curve. I'll admit probably the first, you know, six months worth of coffee we were roasting was probably pretty bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're still learning. I mean, it's still getting better every time we get done roasting and we're cupping it later to see how it is. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is probably the best batch of low high we've ever roasted. Like, um, and then I go back and look at the curve and I'm like, Hmm, I need to maybe introduce air at this time. Like I did here instead of last time. So it, it is fascinating. W would you say, um, uh, you've already, or you're starting to develop your signature roasting? I, I guess every, every roaster that does it, they have their signature way of doing it. Is, is that still something you're developing? Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, you kind of find someone might tell you a certain trick that they heard of or they tried and it was working really well for them. So you're like, hmm, let me give it a shot. And 
you do it once or twice and you're like, wow, that may, did make quite an improvement. And then you kind of put your own touch on it maybe. Um, so yeah, it's all inspiration from other people before you and then seeing what works for you, what works best for the bean and what you're trying to bring out of the bean and what kind of flavors and everything and experience for the drinker. I've always been interested, Andrew. What what is it that drives someone like yourself to to do something like this? It's it's definitely not easy. It's it's investment that you're making. What what drives you personally for for this business particularly? Ooh, oh man, um, probably just the the idea of like making a living out of something that I can endlessly talk about and learn about. Um, my dream of all dream jobs is to be a professor um, just to be a perpetual student and get paid for it. Sounds like a dream. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, coffee provides that opportunity for endless education, honestly, in my opinion, um, especially the roasting side of it. And um, you know, like I said, it's something that like, if I don't, it's something I'm so obsessed with that. Like if I don't have at least one coffee uh, a day, like I'm like, I don't know. It's just not the right day. Like it's just not my day. Like I'm ready to go to bed and just try it again tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I can imagine that. What, what, what advice do you have to someone out there? Because we've, we've had on the show people who own their own cafes, they roast their own coffee, and then here you are that that is purely e-commerce does a few pop-ups here does does the farmers market but mostly e-commerce what what advice do you have to young andrew before the pandemic that that might have thought about getting into the coffee business mm, just be patient yeah you know especially when you're in like a kind of a helpless feeling type of situation like being laid off like you want everything now you want to be at the finish line like sooner than later. Um, and the finish line never actually comes. (laughs) I've come to learn, um, you know, you need to enjoy the process and just kind of take your time and give yourself first off grace. And then, you know, just continue to develop what you're doing and stay positive and, you know, just one step at a time. It's really all it is. Um, don't expect too much too quickly. And what's the future for Rainbow City? Obviously, you guys have been around since 2020. You're heading into uh, year three coming up soon. Well, what What is it for you? Like, like is this something that you're wanting to expand? Is the e-commerce something that you just want to be? Like, you said it earlier. You just want to be consistent, and that's that's somewhat the, the red herring right here right now. It's, it's difficult. You can't predict the market. Gosh knows where we're going on the economy right now. Yeah. But where where do you want to take Rainbow City? Yeah. Um, brick and mortar. I mean, that is the next step for us. Um, you know, we've talked about doing a van or a truck, like a food truck or something, but at the end of the day, like that's just as much work as a cart. And again, you're so dependent on things like weather and, you know, events and other things that you can do and bring your truck to. Um, so really setting up some sort of brick and mortar. And right now we're kind of leaning more towards the type of kiosk, set up where, um, I get a, um, what do I want to say? Like a, an apartment building in their lobby. Or, um, if you've ever gone into a college campus and they have those like little cafes that sit in the corner of a bookstore, or like at a Barnes and Noble, essentially what Starbucks has done there. Um, something like that we, we feel like could be that next step. Um, 
and we could start to introduce that, you know, aspect of really connecting people over a cup of coffee rather than, um, trying to catch people where they're at, <laughs> at like farmer's market, right. Be that place for them to come. Absolutely. So. And, and Andrew, I, I've, every time I've talked to you, I've always been like, this guy's a people person. What do you, what do you hope someone is, is taking out of enjoying your, your, your roasts? What, what do you hope that they're enjoying? Yeah. First I want them to like enjoy the just kind of interaction they might've had, um, whether that was with the staff or with, um, the person they're with, uh, sitting down with. And, um, second, I really want them to maybe have that same, you know, eye opening experience with coffee. Like I did with sweet bloom, where you just kind of, maybe you just Googled on Google maps, like coffee near me, you find us, you come in and you're just expecting the same old, same old from any other place. And then you drink it and you go, wow, I've never tasted a coffee like this. This is, I'm assured that this is even coffee. And then kind of open their eyes to that kind of side of specialty coffee and just the wide spectrum of flavors and just everything great about it, I guess. So. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I hope that comes to fruition, my friend, uh, of you having a brick and mortar, you enjoying that, that shop, me coming down there, doing one of these live yeah. on a, a uh, recorded and in, in a live studio audience kind of deals, <laughs> visiting Colorado and, and enjoying the fresh air. Andrew, where can people find you online as well as uh, in person? Yeah. So um, our website is rainbowcitycoffee.com. Um, you can of course find us there. And then, um, a couple like online marketplaces, um, like spin.com with two N's and then, uh, my, my coffee marketplace.com. Uh, that's another great one. And, um, then the cart, you can find us usually on Saturdays. Um, as long as we're not doing some other event, summers are really hard for us, but, um, Saturdays at Sloan's Lake. Um, that's out here on the west side of Denver. We're usually on the north side of the lake. Um, but then right now, our market that we've been doing every Sunday is called the Orchard Town Center Market in Westminster off of I-25 and 144th. Um, you can find us there every Sunday from now until the end of September. So Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you for the amazing input, um, all of the uh, the great work at uh, Rainbow City Coffee. I've, I've enjoyed it over the uh, the few years here and uh, getting to know you too, my friend. Yeah, no, I really appreciated your support and this has been great. Always, always. And don't forget to subscribe to and get lost in a conversation about everything coffee podcast on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Don't forget to visit us at Javas Jaxi, J-A-V-A-S-J-A-X-I-E on Instagram and on YouTube. Thank you for joining us and supporting local businesses in your city and around the world.